Hey, welcome to part two of our interview with Crystal Cargis, maternal child health specialist and mom, about what to do about candy. So get ready to hear for more goodness about scripture that supports freedom over fear of candy during the holidays. In particular, Halloween is what we're highlighting. In this part two, you will hear how allowing candy can impact your kid's health in a positive way, navigating parental judgment around sugar, and Crystal's number one tip for a healthy mindset around candy. We can't wait to hear your takeaways from about how you are navigating the topic of sweets during the holidays on our Joyful Health Co. Facebook group. But before we jump into the episode, I wanted to invite you to join our email list if you're not on it yet, because we have started something new. Based on your longing to honor God and to renew your mind in the middle of diet culture, we have started a devotional series called Mindful Moments for Present People. So how many of us start Mondays scattered, uncertain, maybe a little sleepy? It can be so easy to jump into a set of rules to keep us on track. So if you struggle with diet culture, a scarcity mindset, and kind of just seeking God first for your week, we want to invite you to take a mindful moment. So every morning, every Monday morning, we will send out a quick devotional to debunk diet culture and focus on kingdom abundance. We'll add a little um, mind-body prayer in there as well for you to apply it. So let's surrender our spirits. Let's renew our minds and get healthier in the body we have today. You can sign up for Mindful Moments at joyfulhealth.co and enjoy part two of our interview with Crystal Cargis. Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm your host, Casey Schuler, mom, personal trainer, and Bible study author. And I'm here to help you discover joyful health by grace. We've kind of talked about um, this Galatians 5.1 scripture, but I want to be able to highlight that for our conversation as well. Do you have that pulled up to read for us? I do. And it's one of my favorite verses and really something that I think the Lord has just brought to mind over the years of my healing and recovery from an eating disorder and also mental health struggles and in feeding my own kids and just feeling like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing by my children. And yes, this verse, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And I just love this so much because I really do believe that the Lord wants us to experience that freedom. And I think sometimes it's easy to put it in a box, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's spiritually. And then we kind of like categorize different areas of our life and not realizing that that is applicable to all aspects of our life. And so many of us are free spiritually, but we're still stuck in shame around food or how we feel in our bodies or battles with our kids around certain things or power struggles. And I do believe that this is something that the Lord is speaking to all areas of our life, that we don't need to be burdened by 
slavery of shame around food or how we're feeling in our bodies. You know, there truly is freedom. And that speaks so powerfully to me. Yeah. And like you said, um, I think a lot of times we can think that we're spiritually free, but not apply that freedom to our bodies and to our health choices. And Mm -hmm. uh, we can still put ourselves under that yoke of slavery, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, essentially, and and not really know it because that's the water we swim in as a culture. And that seems normal. And that's what the person next to me is doing. And it feels normal, but it doesn't, you know, freedom is is not defined by what's normal. Um, it's defined by what he wants for us. And so um, I like how you talk about how it like releases us from those power struggles too. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you say that like the, the process of allowing your kids to um, have candy and to learn that intuitive eating a little bit more, how does that impact their health in a positive way? Because um, I know that there are going to be those voices that we we internalize from people saying things like sugar and dyes are poisonous and you're feeding your kids poison and all, all of these kinds of things. But mm-hmm. how ultimately is this helping their health by helping them to regulate candy in their life? Yeah, I love this because it is important to assess those messages that we're constantly taking in. And that's something that really resonated with me, especially with my first, (laughs) you know, with your first kid, you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I remember somebody making a comment when we took her to a birthday party. I think she was about to. And, you know, there's so many messages like, don't let your kids eat sugar before two or -hmm. three. And, you know, basically embedding this idea again that I couldn't trust my own child. And I remember giving her a piece of cake at this party and receiving comments like, wow, that sure is a lot of sugar for a little kid. Are you sure you want to give her all that? And like, you're really just shaping her palate to just want sugary things as she grows up. And I was like, oh my goodness, what on earth? There's like so much unsolicited advice, right? It just shows you like what a hot topic sugar is, especially with kids. And part of it is that we can take that as a reflection on ourselves as parents. We can feel like the way we feed our kids or how our kids eat is a direct reflection of me as a parent. And that can create some shame too. If you're not feeling totally confident in what you're doing for your child, you're going to be bombarded with those messages that essentially are telling you you're a bad parent. You're doing wrong by your child. And that can be really hard to navigate. Um, But I remember letting her eat the cake and she ate the whole thing and she was wanting more. And of course, I was getting all the looks and I gave her another piece. And I remember, I'll never forget how she took one bite of that second piece. And then she was like, I'm done. And just like, peace out. She like ran to go play again. And it was such an important lesson for me in terms of trusting our children. And so much of this process is getting over the hump of our own fear in order to do what our children need to actually have a normal and healthy relationship with food. And that includes sweets. But there's a lot of scientific research that actually supports this approach of allowing sweets and providing it regularly and consistently alongside other foods that they're used to eating 
again, it feels so countercultural because it is. All the messages, all the parenting books and blogs and forums are telling us the opposite, right? Don't let them have any sweets. Keep it out of your home. Prevent them from having it as long as possible. But what research actually shows us is that when children have limited or restricted access to higher palatable foods, which Mm -hmm. is things that are higher in fat, higher in salt, higher in sugar, I mean, sweets typically fit that bill then they're more likely to overeat or potentially binge on those foods as they get older. Mm. And we're seeing that they actually, our children do have higher risks of disordered eating when certain foods are restricted. So, Mm. you know, this is not just a a nice message. There's a lot of scientific research behind it. And I think what's important is to explore the nuances around it and kind of the gray area. Because I think when people hear these messages, like our kids need to have access to sweets, there's often this black or white perspective. It's like, okay, I either don't let them have it or I just let them have free reign all the time, you know, (laughs) and that feels that can feel really chaotic too. Mm -hmm. Our children do need structure. They do need a supportive environment around food. And what I've also found from my experience and with families that I've worked with is that it's really easy to underestimate the quantity or the frequency of exposure that our children do need to to, to sweets in order to have a healthy relationship with them. Mm. So there's just a lot to explore. And that's why I say there's there's always so much nuance and every child is different. I have some kids in my horde of five children <laughs> that a couple of them are not very sweets motivated. It's like they'll eat it if it's available, they'll enjoy it and then they'll move on. And then I have a couple other kids who are more sweets motivated and that requires a higher baseline, so to say, of exposure. Mm. So I think often as parents, we're looking for that framework or that hard or fast rule, like just tell me how many times I need to let them have sweets. But I think, again, going back to our original thread is that it's really important to just learn to be responsive to the child in front of you. And what needs are they showing you that they have? And some kids, again, have a higher interest in sweets than others. And we want to learn how to read that and make that exposure available in the context of our own home and in the context of our meal and snack schedule, so to say. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So you talk about a schedule too. <laughs> I know that people yes. <laughs> just, they're probably just going to have to um, stop this podcast and just hire you to talk about all of the Um Because <laughs> I know we can't cover everything because there's so many questions I know parents have. And they, you know, we get these questions too, because like we help the adults work on this kind of thing. And, um, and then it's like, if they don't, if that person isn't, doesn't have all the like, you know, good food, bad food rules out the window. And then they're still working on their relationship with food. It's so hard to like keep your kids at when, you know, you have that same anxiety like you were talking about. And so mm-hmm. um, as far as like, you know, okay, so you've talked about what you do with your kids for Halloween. Like you, you give them the bag of candy. I remember having a bag of candy in my closet. I can picture exactly what the bag looked like, <laughs> where it was. It was like in my closet and I could, and I think I was in, I don't know. I was in fourth grade or something. And we, we just each have had our bag of candy in our rooms. 
Mm. And I'm thinking, I don't think I would do that. But also, maybe my kids are different. Maybe I was different. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So I know. Yeah. Like, tell me about this the schedule that you that you reference. Yeah. And I do like to emphasize that it should be a flexible schedule. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think sometimes, again, especially if we're more type A, and sometimes what's interesting, and I, I've seen this with so many of the moms that I work with who are also recovering from eating disorders, it's like, it's easy to swap out old rules for other rules. So it's like, mm-hmm. I might not have this a food rule, but I'm now creating other rules with my kids and yeah. their food. And so it's just, it takes a lot of awareness into ourselves, but also be willing to learn our, learn about our kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's every, every family is different. And that's why I think it's important to do what works best for your individual family. Mm -hmm. And something that's worked for us is with the candy is letting them keep it in an agreed upon location in the kitchen or the pantry, like in some kind of vicinity in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I do that more just for like cleanliness because otherwise, <laughs> like I know my kids, they would just have there be wrappers everywhere. And yes. I and I think that that can also help create a little more structure and some healthy boundaries around it, which can be supportive for us as a family too. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that looks like, but this is where I think it's being flexible where we're telling our kids, okay, where should, where should we put your candy and keeping it in a place where they can actually see it and access it. And this is something that I remember is that growing up is like, I don't even remember knowing where my candy was. And I, I think it was being micromanaged or controlled. And so I remember actually like trying to sneak it or, or find it, or Mm. if I did find candy, I would always hide it and eat it in secret which is why I think it can be really helpful for our kids and just reassuring to them when they can see it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we're going to put it away, but let's make sure that we put it in a spot. Basically, we're giving our kids some autonomy to help them decide where they want to put it mm-hmm. in the pantry or, you know, we're still providing some guidelines, but we're letting them be part of it. And then we typically set some ground rules. So we'll say, okay, when it time to have a snack, you can come and get your candy bag out or your bucket. And sometimes it takes a lot of repetition before they can understand. And, you know, there's definitely been times where my kids are like rummaging in the pantry and mm-hmm. pulling out some candy. And guess what? It's not mealtime by our schedule, but that's where I think having some flexibility can be really important. We don't want to be so adhering to our meal or snack schedule that we're not living our life. Yeah. And the reality, like if we think about how we live and how we eat, I know for myself, like sometimes a piece of chocolate sounds really good. And guess what? It's not lunchtime. It's not snack time. Like I just want a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. And we want to apply that type of flexibility with our kids where yes, we are still implementing a structure so that there is some reliability around when we're feeding them and when they're eating, but also to have a lot of grace in that too. Mm-hmm. And if they're pulling out some candy and it's not snack time and they're already munching on it, you know, we don't want to shame them or guilt them or make them feel like they're doing something wrong. And when that's happened for us, I'm just like, all right, can you please sit at the table and eat that? 
And when you're done, throw your trash away. You know, it's like you're still implementing some some structure, but that flexibility piece is so key in order to not create now new rules or or different rigidity around food that can potentially become detrimental to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. And just be able to have like, here's the general structure, but we are not bound to these rules because going back to Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And did he give us those food rules or am I giving myself those food rules? Exactly. So, exactly. you know, like that doesn't have any bearing on your salvation. Um, and so being able to like exhale and like, oh, right, right, right. I don't have to get this all correct every time. I'm not living under the law anymore and neither That's are my right. kids. And so um, I was actually just reading Ecclesiastes 5. They just came across this verse and I thought, oh, this is so helpful. And I think of candy as one of those things of like, oh, it's, it's a fun thing that we get to enjoy, but we're prevented from enjoying it because of all of these rules a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Ecclesiastes 5.18. And he says, behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment. And all the toil with, with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him for this is his lot. Everyone mm-hmm. also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is a gift of God. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to like have the power to enjoy God's gift, like <laughs> th- that is a gift in itself is the enjoyment. and so. Um, so I think getting to the place of enjoyment sometimes taking takes being able, like like you said, repetition, having that structure, um, coming back always to the gospel and knowing that we're free. We don't have to be bound yeah. to these rules. Um, and to do what's best for your family and to, you know, treat the child in front of you and um that's our gift is to be able to love them and enjoy them. So Yes. Um, I love that. And I think too that when we can model that for our children, that is what makes the most impact on them. Mm-hmm. And again, I think so many of us are just trying to figure out what, how do I do right by my kids? Like parenting is so challenging in many different ways. And it really brings up a lot of our stuff. And we have mm-hmm. to be aware of that. And I think like you said, you alluded to this earlier, we can be working on ourselves and our relationship with food and also helping and supporting our children in doing the same. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we have this idea that we have to have it all figured out. We have to have it perfect in order for our children to be able to experience that, like the best of us. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good thing for our children to see our humanity too and and to understand that it's not always going to look perfect. It's not always going to be perfect. But when we're working towards that kind of North Star, it's like, yes, we want to enjoy our food and our family. And that's such a core part of family mm-hmm. is, is food, right? Like always mm-hmm. coming around the table together at the end of the day or whatever that looks like. And when we can start to challenge some of those rules or work through that shame that might still be lingering, it really does open up the ability to enjoy our our kids and our family in a different way too, you know, because food is inherent is inherently something that connects us and we are free to make memories with our children to enjoy them versus having that mental space being robbed by things that Mm -hmm. we're still struggling with around, 
around food or our bodies. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think that's uh, helps us to apply grace to our situation of like, okay, we are not going to be perfect and, and God is doing that work in us, but he will complete it on the day. And it's not today. <laughs> it's it's going to be yeah. when we're with him in heaven. And so be able to see, okay, I'm working on this and I can give my kids what God is giving me now and trust him in that. And so um, that's beautiful. Okay, Crystal, we've had a lot of really good tips, but if you <laughs> could help the listener just um, just leave with one takeaway to feel free in around candy, around sweets this season, what would it be? Oh, such a good question. It's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> I My encouragement would be to focus on the connection versus control. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't realize how much we are still trying to control. And especially our children, oftentimes it's missed because it's subtle and it's done in the name of good parenting. And again, you alluded to this where everyone else around us is doing this or engaging in these types of parenting practices. So we feel like, you know, the fish swip, swimming upstream, so to say. Mm-hmm. But that control can be very damaging and really prevent our children from learning about their own bodies, learning about what feels good for them. And sometimes we think we have all the answers and we have to remember that eating is a very embodied experience. And mm-hmm. only ones living in our children's bodies are our children. Mm-hmm. And this is where I just would love to speak some encouragement. If you find yourself struggling with this, try to pivot to focus more on the relationship, the connection piece. And holidays can be such a beautiful time for creating those memories. And we don't want our children to have memories that are fraught with our struggles around candy or negative associations around food or their bodies. We want them to look back with fond memories of traditions or things that they did with you as their parent or caregiver. And this can be an amazing opportunity for that. Mm-hmm. And so in a world that promotes so much control and micromanaging, you know, really leaning on this piece of connecting. How can I connect with my child? Okay, I'm sitting here and I'm letting them eat their Halloween stash and it's bringing up a lot of anxiety for me. But what would it look like to connect with them in this moment? Maybe it looks Mm -hmm. like sitting down with them and talking to them like, oh, tell me which ones are your favorites or what was your favorite house that we went to trick-or-treating today Mm -hmm. or letting them see you sit down and enjoy a piece of candy with them. Those are more connecting pieces that really pivot you away from the other piece of control, like Mm -hmm. watching instead of watching how many pieces they've eaten or you know, being that hawk over them, like really leaning into the connection piece, because that is truly what I feel can allow us to experience more freedom and more connection and building the relationship that we want to be having with our children. Yeah, I agree. I agree so much. Thank you. This was really helpful. And I think, yeah, like you said, being able to create that memory, um, this will help not just in the Halloween season, but I'm thinking about Christmas and making cookies. And it's like, oh, those food rolls are, are those getting in the way of me being present with my child? Okay, what's more yeah. important here? <laughs> yeah, to, to connect with them in a meaningful way and to be with them because, you know, we're going to have that day with them. And like they grow up and like so do we. <laughs> so 
Um, it's like those precious moments. It's like, I know as parents, we don't want to miss those. And so let's, let's, let's not let, you know, diet culture or food rules get in the way of that. Um, and Jesus has already made a way. So we just get Mm. to walk, we just get to walk with him. Um, all right, Crystal, tell us where um, people can find you to work with you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Casey. So I am over uh, at crystalcargus.com is my website. I have a ton of free resources on there. Um, A lot of articles and blogs about kids and sweets and free guides if you're interested in more information about that. I'm also over on Instagram at crystalcargus. And I have a podcast as well called Lift the Shame. And I would love to invite you to come join us over there. It's a great community. And we also have a free virtual support group by the same name called Lift the Shame. So it's intended to be a space for mothers who are recovering from an eating disorder or just working on healing their relationship with food and their bodies. It's a really wonderful community that we have there as well. So yeah, I would love to connect with you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to put all of these links in the show notes so everyone can go and find that easy peasy. Um, really excited about you offering that resource as well. That's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Crystal, would you do the honor of praying us out? I would love to. Thanks, Casey. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just thank you so much for this community. I thank you for Casey and her heart and just the wonderful work that you're doing through the ministry of joyful health. And thank you for this conversation. Thank you for this community and the listeners who are tuning in. And I just ask father that you would help us and give us the strength and the grace that we need to shepherd these wonderful blessings that you've given us, whether we are a parent or a caregiver or have children in our life in any capacity. I just pray that you would help us to steward the blessings that you've given us, Lord, in freedom and in grace. Thank you that you've called us to freedom in you. And I just pray that that would cover the parts of us that are still stuck in shame or guilt. And I thank you that there is wholeness, that there is goodness in you, that you are good, Father, and that you've given us opportunities to connect with our children in meaningful ways. And I just pray that in the moments where we feel weak, where we feel inadequate, that we would remember that your grace is sufficient for us Mm -hmm. and that your strength is made perfect in our many weaknesses, that we would continue to look to you in this sanctifying journey that we're on and remember the wholeness that we have in you, Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunity to have this conversation. And I just pray a special blessing over all the listeners who are tuning in. And we love you. We praise your name in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Hey, congrats. If you are hearing this, that means you've made it to the finish line. Give yourself a high five for me. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope and pray this episode has blessed you so that you can more fully enjoy God, glorifying him and blessing others. If you want to talk about this episode with more Joyful Health friends, join our free Facebook community. Head to joyfulhealth.co slash podcast and get connected with us there. Before you move on with your day, would you consider taking a moment with the Lord in prayer to process what you have heard in the podcast? Ask God what he is revealing to you about himself and what you can do in response.
And for all my regular listeners, thank you in advance for writing a review and sharing this podcast with someone else who is tired of the wellness rules and is ready to rest in God's grace and the Holy Spirit's power for their health. A big giant thank you to all our podcast guests and to my husband, Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. It takes a village and we are glad that you are a part of ours.